power on. Now entering the gaming grid. The latest gaming news, reviews, and retro culture, as only the man of tomorrow can deliver. And here is your host, Brian Sodrin. Man, with so many USB devices plugged in, you're probably ready to start a fire in the studio. Holy hell, no. <laughs> the Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star, ready to talk about some gaming on the gaming grid. And yeah, you're getting another one in July uh, because there's a lot of news that has come out uh, this month. In fact, we just recently covered uh, all the news around the, the Switch Lite, but now there's even beyond that. Now we also have an updated Switch coming. no. It's not the Switch Pro, but we'll talk about it. And, of course, we now have the complete list and really complete details, as far as I can tell, for the TurboGrafx-16 Mini, or PC Engine Mini, depending upon which part of the world you happen to be in. And I know I have a global audience here, so take your pick. But uh, And we have some other stuff to get into, a little more Stadia news. There was an interesting AMA done. And, uh, well, we're actually going to talk some, uh, well, we'll talk a little Sega Genesis Mini, but then I want the conversation to go beyond that because there's something interesting that's occurred with Sega CD. And then there's a question I want to posit to you, uh, the listeners, um, about this. And, you know, I want to get your response on it. Now, I did get some feedback uh, on Twitter, actually. Of course, follow me at Sovereign Tech uh, on Twitter. But um, I got some, some feedback. Of, it was funny. But, uh, you know, I talked about the uh, the Switch Lite, the Nintendo Switch Lite for a bit, which I am still really, really excited about. Some venues are already offering pre-orders uh, for that. Of course, that's coming out September 20th. In fact, you know, real quick on that, something that, that didn't exactly click for me. But on September 19th, is when the just aforementioned Sega Genesis Mini is going to drop in the United States. I don't think it's too far out of, uh, I don't think it's too far out of left field to suggest that, and I wanted to say this on the last episode of Gaming Grid, but I don't think it's too crazy to suggest that Nintendo is fucking with Sega again. <laughs> Even though, I mean, Sega has been doing, Gangbusters has been doing very well on the Switch as a platform and is honestly offered a lot of exclusives uh which last gaming grid i talked about a lot of those like the the work that m2 is doing which of course m2 is also making the sega genesis mini uh but what they're doing with sega ages and all that like that's one of the reasons i want a switch are these updated uh sega classics you know fantasy star 4 and so on um but i wouldn't be surprised if nintendo is really wanting to fucking rib you know at sega with them coming back out with hardware, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> like to some degree, I'm, I'm reminded, of course, this is far more serious and deadly. Uh, and I'm an, I'm an atheist folks. I'm, I'm not religious, but, uh, I know my Bible pretty well. <laughs> I'm reminded in the book of Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 13, where God says, I'm never going to let, he basically says, I'm never going to let Babylon rise again. You know, it is done. It is buried no more. And I'm kind of reminded of like Nintendo being God here, which in the gaming world, I don't think is necessarily unfair. Um, but for them, 
you know, so like there's people now, I, I, again, this is a little bit of a, a, maybe an improper joke, but I was there, you, you know, I'm a veteran of the U S army. I was there, but, uh, you know, some people suggest that the reason a lot of Christians suggest that the reason that, uh, Saddam Hussein, you know, Iraq was taken down by the U S uh, U S military was because he was literally, and he was, he was trying to rebuild, uh, Babylon and you know, well, God can't have that. And so I kind of wonder if you get my analogy here, if that's like Nintendo saying, Oh, you think you're going to make hardware again, motherfucker, you know, talking to Sega, that's not going to happen. And so they're putting a bit of a smackdown. I mean, like it, it's just odd enough that their release dates are that close because unless it's some like Q3 going into Q4 kind of thing, the date otherwise for, well, for both of them for, I mean, the Genesis mini delayed an entire year for some reason. Uh, obviously they decided to, you know, they wanted to switch who was originally going to make it, but you know, they waited a whole other year cause it's supposed to come out in 2018. Um, but it was kind of an arbitrary date, even though admittedly Sega has a history of releasing things in September. Of course, you remember the Sega Dreamcast, their last console, which what was that? Uh, 9999, right? It was September 9th, 1999. It was supposed to be the biggest day in gaming history. Um, so it's not like Sega doesn't have a history of that, but Nintendo really chose an arbitrary date. Yeah, it's coming into the fall season, the holiday season and all that, but they could release it at any time. So it's a little weird. Um, and I'm just putting that out there, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody at Nintendo, I mean, cause it's not like, uh, you know, Iwato-san is, you know, Iwato-san is not running the show there anymore. And he was just a super nice guy. Who knows? Maybe you, the people running it now aren't so nice regardless, <laughs> or, or they don't mind ribbing a bit, but regardless of that, uh, someone made a funny joke on Twitter that I didn't talk about super Mario maker two at all. When I was talking about what games I was going to get for the uh, switch Lite. Um, yeah, I mean, I have Super Mario Maker 1 on my 3DS, and, you know, it's great, but I've had my fun with it. Maybe it's that much more fucking better. Um, I didn't look, or I was, I, I tried to look into some of the reviews to see if you were allowed to make, like, overworlds and all this other stuff. I mean, if we could get to where, like, you're replicating not just levels, but really an entire Mario game, that could get a little more interesting. Maybe I just missed that in the reviews, I don't know, but... My fix for that really got satiated. And, and I mean, it, it was great. And I'm not, I don't doubt for a second that Mario Maker 2 is phenomenal. But, yeah, you know. Now, if Mega Man Universe was actually going to come out, remember that was getting announced? Um, that, that that was going to be, you know, a full-on thing with Konami and all that. Where that, it was basically Mario Maker for Mega Man. Holy fuck would I be on that. I mean, I whatever system it required to play that, I'd be there. Uh, fortunately, or I'm not, I'm sorry, Capcom. What the fuck am I saying? Uh, anyway, Capcom, you know, if Capcom, I mean, granted Capcom has been pretty friendly to PC as a platform. Maybe they would end up putting that on, on PC. Uh, well, whatever it ain't happening right now. So yeah, just not, not feeling it, but there really are so many great games, um, that I'm really waiting for with the Nintendo switch. You know, I mean, we're talking so much about the switch. Why don't we go ahead and get one of, uh, one of the stories out of the way. And that story is that we are getting, uh, starting in August, there is going to be an updated, um, there's going to be an updated Nintendo switch. Now here's the thing. Apparently it's in the, it's in the same chassis. There's, there's no real 
any differences that we know of right now are hypothetical. Okay, one difference is that it's this is being uh, updated with a new version of the Tegra X1 chip. Okay, uh, from NVIDIA, which is what, you know, the Switch runs on. But this is the Mariko version of it that's in there. And basically all you're getting is better battery life. Now, the only way you can know, I mean, supposedly this is just going to fill in the stock. Like as Switches sell out, the new ones are going to be out there. Um, you can see the original Switch or the, yeah, the original Switch had, uh, let's see, XAW. I think was what the original, the serial numbers would start with on the original switch as to where the one with the updated battery will have XKW, but I don't even think they're going to change the boxes. Like they're literally just releasing an updated switch that will just fill in the present stock. But that gets, uh, instead of, instead of two and a half to six and a half hours, it's going to get four and a half to nine hours. And supposedly like one of the metrics that Nintendo put out there for this new version of the switch. Again, it's not the switch pro it's not updated. doesn't have 4k or any of that nonsense, which I think it is nonsense. Um, I think them like riding the 720p and you know, if you hook it up to the TV, it'll do a little more, uh, train just that's, I, I don't, I don't get, when it comes to resolution, I don't understand the spec hogs. I just don't get it. I, I don't grasp beyond 1080p. I just like 4k video, all this other 8k. Now people are talking about 8k. Of course, Stadia is already talking about 8k and all this shit. I, you lost me. I, I'm, I'm baffled. I don't, I don't fucking understand, uh, you know, what the hell you're doing. Like you got You got to explain to me how 4k makes a game here, this is the argument I want. How does 4K make a game that much better? Like, how is it 10 times? Like, now, today. Nope, that game, if you wanted to play, fuck, Mario Maker 2, or Captain Toad, or, I, I don't know, pick, pick your fucking game, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 or something, or Fire Emblem, I don't care. You tell me how that game is just going to be that much fucking better. It is a, pun intended, game-changing experience for it to be in 4K. Run it by me. Yeah, uh, crickets. I mean, of course, I'm doing a podcast, but if someone was here, I cannot believe you'd have a great answer other than you want it to take advantage of what your TV can do. But outside of that, how does it affect gameplay? So why the fuck should Nintendo care? They shouldn't. And because, and again, we know because the whole reason the Switch Lite came out and probably the reason why they did a mid-refresh that only does one thing, improves the battery life while the fucking Switch is portable, they know they have the metrics that 90, probably 90% or however many percentage of the people, whatever convinces Nintendo, are using this thing in maybe tabletop mode or in, in mobile mode, Right. I mean, that, that you know, I, that's great. I mean, certainly I, I wouldn't mind if everybody else was uh, assuaged. You know, I don't have a problem with that. But it's also like the fact that people are just constantly saying, oh, but it's not the Switch Pro. We want 4K. Who gives a shit about this? Who cares about the, uh, you know, the, the Switch Lite and blah, blah, blah. What? <laughs> no, there's a whole market to serve with the Switch Lite. There is not a whole market to serve. And I mean, like a whole market to serve with whatever the Switch Pro would end up being. I, I just, I don't, I don't believe it. And you can disagree with me and that's fine. And if you're one of those diehards that wants it, okay. But 
understand that you're very much in the minority. Do I want the minority to get served? Sure, but also it's not worth raising such a stink, and uh, it makes it seem like there's a lot more people out there because the internet allows a vocal minority to seem like a majority when it's not. Um, regardless, anyway, this is a welcome update, sure. Uh, in fact, they, they said that uh, Breath of the Wild, this is the metric that Nintendo gave I was going to mention, um, Breath of the Wild... Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild will be able to be played mobile and mobile for 5.5 hours as compared to three hours originally with the original version of the Switch. So it is probably that updated X1 chip. That's great of them to get that out there. Uh, yeah, and I mean, again, the Switch Lite is the real news here, but yeah, this is updated hardware all the same. Now, speaking of updated hardware, uh, this was pretty interesting. This got announced about a month back um, and it's by a company, is it Terra Onion? I think is the name of the company. They're they're making these made to order, uh, but I think this is really slick. Basically, it's called the Me the Mega SD, okay, and it is a cartridge, a flash cartridge, obviously, but a cartridge that will allow you. You can put it into a Genesis. You can put it into. Is it the Mega SG, the one that Analog came out with their version of the Genesis, which is gorgeous? You can put this into any Genesis compatible system. Okay, the Mega SD, this cartridge. And it will emulate and allow you to play uh, Sega CD games or Mega CD, depending upon which, you know, which part of the world you're in. Um, so this is a full-on FPGA board, which means that it is a it's a you know it's a board, a, a chip designed for this purpose and this purpose alone. And because of that, though, understand, and because it's being, you know, like basically made to order, this is not cheap. This is around $300 USD, okay, to get your hands on, uh, about $250 to $300. And there, apparently, I, I think there's some issue where this won't work um, with the, I'm reading somewhere that says that, yes, it will work with the 32X, but then I'm also reading, actually, it really it doesn't uh, work with the 32X cartridge plugged in. Um, I'm getting two different answers on that. But let's be clear here. I mean, honestly, a lot of Sega CD games that were the hot shit, you know, at the time, or that a lot of people were talking about, or that, you know, had some kind of reputation, be it uh, famous or perhaps uh, infamous, you know, or notorious, um, a lot of those games have been re-released over the years. So I don't know how much you need it for any of those. For example, though, if you, well, do you need Night Trap or do you need like Double Switch? Double Switch has just come out for, ironically, uh, the Switch. So is Night Trap, which hearty har har. Uh, <laughs> people know that story. Um, there are a few others that have, I like even, what was it? Was it uh, Willie Beamish? No, wait, Willie Beamish hasn't had a re-release. Was it a boy in his blob? But there, basically, there have been quite a few Sega CD games that have gotten re-releases over the years um, that are, you know, that were popular at the time or whatever the situation is. Because, of course, the Sega CD was best known for its FMV, right, for its full motion video. It really brought that to light. Um, or games like Rogue Squadron. You can play Star Wars Rogue Squadron on other platforms. Um, but the one game that I... I think is really what it's for, for English speakers anyway. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later on. Uh, that's why this is kind of fitting to bring it up. The one game that I think everybody probably wants to play is Snatcher. Now you might be able to play that on varying Sega CD emulation software that doesn't always necessarily translate very well. You know, I mean, or, well, no pun intended there because that's the problem is that the only way to play Snatcher in English is 
on the Sega CD version. Nobody's done a patch for like the, the TurboGrafx-16 version, etc. I mean, the history around that game, of course, made by the, you know, very well-regarded Hideo Kojima, of course, you know, I mean, you go down the list, Police Nuts. In fact, actually, I was just playing Police Nuts earlier today. Um, that, I was playing an English translated patched version um, that I picked up for the PlayStation that works on a modded PlayStation and fuck what a great game. God damn it. Man, that that needs that needs a proper Western, shall we say, release. I hate that idea of Western civilization, but you get my point. It needs a proper English release, how about that? But the translation that was done is beautiful. And to play that patched um, on well, I'm playing it on a modded PS2, but to play that on hardware is such a dream come true. Uh, you know, I mean it's like it's like getting to play Thrill Kill. <laughs> if you don't know the history of the game Thrill Kill for the original PlayStation, oh, you're in for a treat. Anyway, maybe someday I'll talk about that on the gaming grid. Regardless, um, Snatcher, its best way to play that uh, is really on the Sega CD. And this is probably the best way to play that because I know not every emulator does the best job of that, especially when it comes to music and so on. It's where apparently the Mega SD does a great job um, as a, you know, again, a cartridge you can just pop into any Genesis you want and it operates as a, as a Sega CD. It's a great option. I think that that's beautiful. I think the price is a little steep, especially just to play Snatcher. But, well... You know, maybe for some people, that's that's your bag. I don't know. Or maybe you want to play that Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch game. I don't know. That could be worth it for you to hash out a, almost $300 for a flash cartridge. Just putting that out there. <laughs> and, I mean, I've also heard that actually the Mega SG, the reason why this is probably viable to do, even though it is very niche and, and dare I say, cottage, uh, the Mega SG, while like the a lot of people jumped on the analog Super NT, to, because the jailbroken uh, firmware for that allowed you to play, allowed you to emulate very easily, uh, you know, Super Nintendo games. And, of course, there's fairly inexpensive flash cartridges that allow you to play Super Nintendo games anyway. And you can do so so beautifully on Super NT. Uh, the Mega SG apparently will not emulate, as far as I know, as it stands, it will not emulate Sega CD uh, uh, games as it stands. That's my understanding of it. If I'm wrong on that, feel free to let me know. It's not hardware that I own. Um, I do plan on it, and this will kind of morph into, uh, it's morphing time. Woo! Uh, <laughs> this will morph into a conversation around the Sega Genesis Mini. Um, so, well, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that. But yeah, the Mega SD, for those that want it, you know who you are, and you know you're willing to pay out that price for it. It's steep, but for what you're getting, I think it's worthwhile. And it only makes sense I mean, because there's not that big of a marketplace, especially when you have some of the bigger, you know, more infamous or famous games for the Sega CD, you know, having those get re-released anyway. Well, that kind of speaks to it. Um, I mean, it is crazy. Let, let's be clear here. And, and I don't exactly understand. Well, I do understand sort of the logic around this. Why, you know, games like Night Trap, I mean, that has, there's some mystique around it. They did a Kickstarter and all this. Um, there might have, if, if I remember right, there might have been some kind of a Kickstarter around getting Snatcher somehow released, uh, you know, on a more, like on a broader scale. May I could be wrong about that. I, I just, I can't believe with so many fans of the work, especially with Metal Gear Solid and so on, so many fans of the work of Hideo Kojima, I cannot believe that nobody like like that there isn't a market for snatcher to get a full-on re-release or even a remastering or something like that maybe there isn't i don't know um 
yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, the irony is, is that I'm guessing the reason that like Night Trap or well, Night Trap again was a, success, a very successful Kickstarter. But for like Double Switch and some of these other games, probably the reason they can get converted so easily is a lot of them actually had PC versions, right? They, they, they had a PC version of the game made. And so even if they had a Sega CD version, the code for the PC version is a lot easier to make compatible with newer hardware. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I just I really can't believe Snatcher isn't getting something more special. However, we'll get into this later. Snatcher is technically getting a re-release, but it's only the Japanese version of it for the TurboGrafx-16. It is not the uh, it's not the English version, which there are there are like three or four different versions of Snatcher out there, each one for different platforms. Uh, the Sega CD version is supposedly the kind of the the Blade Runner Final Cut. And that's ironic, but it's it's effectively the Blade Runner Final Cut version of the game, even though there is like there's points where tits are covered up in it. I mean, like some of the adult content's not there, but also at the same time, there's a lot of there there are some extras and some other things, and they were able to really create a much richer game. So anyway, we'll save that conversation for when we talk about the TurboGrafx 16 in a minute. Now, I have been fairly convinced. And there's actually a couple of reasoning, a couple, a couple of thought processes behind this. Okay, um, I have been reasonably convinced that I think the Sega Genesis Mini is worthwhile. Um, I've, I'm getting one. I'm going to jump on that train, uh, and I'll get the six-button controllers from Retrobit and whatever. That's fine. Uh, I think that the exclusive games that are coming with it, while I'm sure ROMs will become available later on. Uh, I think that this is a very, very worthwhile system to get your hands on. And more importantly, what I really want to happen out of this, okay, unless somebody can pull off something like the Mega SD, but instead of it putting on Sega CD games, it puts on Sega Saturn games. I really want Sega to get the market signal from high sales for the Genesis to, at the very least, do a limited edition run of a Sega Saturn Mini. I want that so bad because talk about something that has shitty fucking emulation out there. I was of half a mind not long ago to, like, you know, to go ahead and just buy, uh, you know, a Sega Saturn so that I could play some of these absolutely badass and classic games. You got to understand something about the Sega Saturn, okay? While the Sega Saturn didn't do great business and I've talked about, I've, I've told this story many times, okay, uh, on Sovereign Tech and, well, in various other places. While the Sega Saturn did not do great business in the U.S., this was a very ahead-of-its-time system. It was the first console to connect to the Internet, uh, more or less, okay? I mean, unless you massage the definition of console, but, you know, from the players at the time, Okay, this was the one that did it. And you could go on the web, it had a keyboard, it had all that crazy shit, right? Of course, the Dreamcast would end up doing a lot of the same thing. It would just take cues from the Sega Saturn. But the Sega Saturn had some great games on it, right? Of course, there's, you know, the, the very infamous Panzer Dragoon games, uh, one of which you can't really play much of anywhere else, even when other ones have had re-releases. Um, you have that. Okay, you have, I mean, there's, oh, what was it, Fire Rangers? That game was fucking awesome. To say nothing, I mean, part of the problem, here, here's, here's the deal. Here's why I think, understand that it, while it didn't do well in the U.S., it did gangbusters in Japan. Let me tell you why this is, okay? And I have played this game. 
And that is the the Sailor Moon game for Sega Saturn. Now, at the time in the 90s, I was a Sailor Moon fan. So, you know, not a crazy thing for me. And oh, 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 before anybody says it, oh, I have pictures. I have pictures from the day where I have in 1997, motherfucker, I have posters on my wall. In fact, no, they weren't posters. I treated them like posters. Okay, but I bought bags at like the dollar store, which you know where dollar store gets all their shit from. Okay, I I bought bags like like uh, gift bags from the dollar store that had Sailor Moon on it because it was the only fucking Sailor Moon merchandise you could buy in the United States at the time, unless you went to some really crazy specialty store or something, or you went to a convention. Okay, I I bought those bags and I hung them on my wall like they were posters. That's how nuts. I was about Sailor Moon, and I've got my, uh, actually, i got my little Funko here of, uh, of, uh, of, you know, Tuxedo Mask right in front of me. So, believe me, big fan. And I, I have the DVDs of Sailor Moon Crystal. I mean, I've been a fan for a long time. But anyway, I played, this is like the first game I ever played on the Saturn next to uh, Nights into Dreams. Um, I played the Sailor Moon game on Sega Saturn. And it was, it's, it's a basic, fairly basic 2D game. But this is what people forget, is that a lot of, at the time, the U.S. was going nuts for 3D games. They were just going nuts, all right? PlayStation was doing its thing, whatever, and that was becoming a huge hit over here that nobody expected. And 3D, you know, then you had what was going on, like, with Quake for PC and all this other stuff. 3D gaming was becoming a thing. I tell the story a lot. The Sega Saturn was not a competitor. It came out as part of the generation of consoles, like the N64, like the PlayStation, and so on. But it was really a competitor for the Super Nintendo, just like the Genesis is really a competitor for the original Nintendo. Okay, they, you know, people think of the competition between Genesis and Super Nintendo as like this legendary console war. They were not meant to take each other on. What the Saturn really was, was the top 2D, not 3D, the top 2D console in the world, bar none. And you look at the greatness, just look up 2D uh, games for the Sega Saturn, and you're going to see what I'm talking about. These are the greatest, if, or at least some of, if not the greatest 2D games ever made. Okay? And it's a shame, because today we could have the proper competition that was supposed to happen. That is Saturn versus Super Nintendo. Like, the Super Nintendo classic comes out, and its charming 2D graphics still live up very well today. And I think the same could be true if there was a Sega Saturn Mini, okay? Now, granted, there's still plenty of 3D games that I want to get, you know, as part of the Sega Saturn Mini. Uh, but I really want Sega to think long and hard, okay, about putting out a Sega Saturn Mini. Now, my question to you as listeners that I want to ask is this. Are you interested in a Sega Saturn Mini? Tell you what I'll do. After this episode gets released, I will put a poll on Twitter. Okay, you can go to at SovereignTech asking that very question, and you can go and give the answer, and I'll talk about it on the next Gaming Grid. Um, I would really, I mean, I'm telling you, this is the system that needs to exist. Dreamcast, you know, I mean, Dreamcast still holds up pretty well. You could still pick up a Dreamcast for a pretty good price, and you don't, have, and, and that was such a sturdy fucking system. You don't really, I mean, you can play those games and you can pop in backups easy enough. It's not really a problem. Well, actually, it depends on what uh, serial number, what model number you get of the Sega Saturn, but regardless, or I'm sorry, of the Sega Dreamcast, but regardless, Dreamcast does all right. Like, there's a great emulation community around that, and the console still has a lot of life in it. Saturn, that's not so true. And so I think a Sega Saturn Mini 
would be a big deal. Now, you might say to yourself, but there's no real market for it in the United States. And I don't think you're wrong, okay, that there might not exactly be a market for it in the United States. However, let's move on to our next story, which is the TurboGrafx-16 Mini that is coming out. Now, here's an interesting thing and a somewhat unique thing for the TurboGrafx-16 Mini. And this is unique even for really uh, in comparison to, well, I think any other retro console that has come out lately, because with the TurboGrafx-16, regardless of what they name it and whatever geographic region you happen to live in, you are getting the same amount of games and they are not bothering to, like, there's going to be 24 American games and 26 Japanese games. Some of those games are going to overlap, but you're going to be able to choose which Japanese, if you want to play a Japanese version of a game or an American version of the game. But it's going to be the same console no matter where you go around the world. Okay, there's going to be no differentiator in games. This wasn't true. You think of the Neo Geo Mini, okay? This wasn't true of that, where there was an international version. In fact, that system's nuts, because now I just found out recently, in fact, because I was pre-ordering, because you can now, you can pre-order the TurboGrafx-16 Mini. We'll talk about that. It's coming out March 20th, 2020, okay? So a little under a year. Um, But when I was doing that, I noticed that now there's like three other versions of the fucking Neo Geo Mini. It's crazy. There was already like three. There was the international version. There was the Japanese version of the Neo Geo Mini. And then they came out with that weird holiday version of it that had like a couple extra games, but then it also pulled off a couple other games. Very strange. Now there's like, there's a blue, it's blue, red, and white. And I think some of them are translucent, actually. They come in this big box. They come with two controllers, finally, which, and probably adapters, which they learned with the holiday version of the Neo Geo Mini. Um, I couldn't tell exactly, it looked like it had some other games for it, but they are basically the limited edition Samurai Showdown versions, and each one represents a different character, uh, of the Neo Geo Mini. They're still selling this thing, and they're still, and I mean, honestly, I think that they're probably just like reskinning them with new cases and everything. And just reselling them because I can't believe that that system sold out that well, even though I love my Neo Geo Mini. But to understand, I love it when I have my adapter for my USB-C adapter that allows me to plug in my, uh, uh, you know, my my Mayflash uh, big arcade sticks. The controllers for the Neo Geo Mini are pure shit. I mean, they're horrible. I don't know who the fuck they hired to do that, but that, that was a drop ball. So I imagine they have a lot of overflow, a lot of, or, you know, overstock, and they're probably trying to rebrand it and get it out there as some kind of limited edition. That might work on some people. I can't imagine who it would. Um, But not even the Neo Geo Mini had the same games list all around the world. There's different ones depending upon geography. With the TurboGrafx-16 from Konami, or with the TurboGrafx-16 Mini, you're getting just, they are putting out the same thing to everybody. And this is where things get interesting, because I was pleasantly surprised and we talked about this in the last gaming grid i was pleasantly surprised when they said that they were going to release the turbografx 16 mini i was like holy shit i didn't think who would even bother like i i thought i was one of the few people that even remembered ever playing a game on it for fuck's sake you know or even being an owner of the turbografx express Woo, you know it but they did and here's the thing is that i think i think konami figured it out the turbograph or what was called the pc engine Okay, over in over in Japan, they know that the PC Engine was beloved and wildly popular in Japan. Remember, Super Nintendo, the Super Nintendo only became a thing. Nintendo only created a successor to the NES 
because the PC engine, this very system, the TurboGrafx-16 over in Japan, and the Genesis were hurting NES sales. It's the only reason they came out with the Super Nintendo. I mean, maybe sooner or later they would have come out with one, but that's why they did it at the time that they did. So this was popular over there, and that's the thing. If all you got to do is do a little, like, change the stickers on this shit, you don't even have to change the games on it, and you ship it out with, uh, you know, in the English language for the menus instead of Japanese, then, yeah, sell it everywhere. Who cares? You know, like, I mean, it's it's not, it's not it, you know you're going to sell well in Japan, and you might as well just make, a, I don't know, a few thousand available in other parts of the world and just sell it everywhere. So that's the thing, is that, and we'll talk about the games list on the TurboGrafx-16, but to get to my point where I was leading out of with the Sega Saturn Mini, is that it doesn't matter if, if, if the Sega Saturn Mini wasn't a big deal in America. Just make the version that has all the different, you know, that has all the Japanese versions of the game and all the American versions of the games available, you know, just around the world. Just sell it, you know, sell it once. Pro, you know, program it once and sell it once everywhere at the same time. You know you're going to do gangbusters in Japan. So, sell, you know, just count on it selling well there, but make it available for everybody else around the world. There's, I mean, it, it's a no-brainer. Konami cracked the code on that, which there's, there's an irony there, right? You know, you know the Konami code? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Okay, so... Um, so I think the Sega Saturn Mini could be a thing, even if people in America don't know about it, because the TurboGrafx-16, I don't expect it to sell well in America, but it doesn't fucking matter, because it's going to do great in other parts of the world. Um, but now, this is, let's talk about it. This is, we do have the official look of it, the whole thing. Um, it is going to be released uh, worldwide March 20th, 2020. Um, I, like I said, I already have mine on pre-order. We do know something. I'm a little disappointed not in the game selection. I'm a little disappointed in the accessory selection, which I was theorizing in the last episode of the Gaming Grid, saying, uh, well, this is going to be great, you know, because, yeah, finally, let's build accessories around these retro consoles and make it like a real exciting event when these things come out, that, like, you're getting, in, you're getting a new console, effectively, even though it's a retro release. But, basically, there's going to be that four-port hub. We knew about that. And Hori, the company H-O-R-I, which has done great releases, hardware releases, and accessory releases for the Switch and other systems, um, Hori is the ones that they have been uh, subcontracted by Konami to put out the, this these quote-unquote accessories. And at least as it stands right now, there is that four-port hub to allow for four-player gaming. And then they are releasing their own. Hori is releasing their own controller, which is a turbo pad, which that existed back with the TurboGrafx-16, that has, like, switches on it so that you can, you know, like, say you're playing a uh, playing a shoot-em-up, you know, playing a shmup, where you could turn on to where the guns will just consistently fire. You just flip the switch, and they, you know, and, and the B button effectively is held down for all time. Um, so I ended up pre-ordering a couple of those uh, as well. You know, a couple of the, the, the turbo controllers. That'll give me four controllers total because the TurboGrafx-16 Mini alone will come with two. And so, but that, as far as I can tell, those are the only accessories coming out for the system. And again, I really wish there were more. I hope that at the very least, a case gets sold for it because I always get a case for my retro consoles. Uh, hell, I have a case for my PS2 that I, well, anyway, that's, that's a long story. Um, but now, apparently throughout the rest of the world i don't know how if this is going to be true in japan but throughout the rest of the world the only place you can buy it is amazon it is being sold exclusively through amazon which is uh pretty interesting and the pre-orders did start actually on prime day i'm guessing they were wanting to take advantage of that and actually probably to get 
that Prime Day special, they are, I mean, not that it was a special price, there wasn't any difference in price, but to get, you know, kind of promoted with Prime Day, I bet they had to make some kind of deal with Amazon, and maybe that's where the exclusivity uh, comes from. But this is a this is about 50 games, depending upon, you know, again, if you're going to count that the Japanese and American versions of games are different, which some of them are, uh, but you're also getting some CD-ROM versions of games on here, which I think is great to add in. Uh, but let's look at the uh, the lineup for all the games here. For the American games, which are definitely the most interesting, probably for most of my listeners, uh, we have uh, Airzonk, Alien Crash, Blazing Lasers, that's a top one to have, uh, Bomberman 93, Bonk's Revenge, of course, uh, Kadash, Chuman Fu, uh, Dungeon Explorer, JJ and Jeff, Lords of Thunder, Military Madness, uh, Motor Rotor, Newtopia, Newtopia 2, New Adventure Island, Ninja Spirit, uh, Paris, Paris Stars, Power Golf, Psychosis, R-Type, which R-Type just one of the greatest shmups of all time and one of the greatest shmup series. Uh, Soldier Blade, Space Harrier, Victory Run, and Wise Book 1 and 2. So that is the full uh, list of American games. Racks up to about 24 there. Um, But then we have 26 Japanese uh, games for it. And this is where things get a little interesting. I'll try and read these, okay? Uh, In fact, you know, I'm not even going (laughs) to... Castlevania Rondo of Blood is on here in Japanese. Uh, that's, that's something for that, that people might be interested in. Um, let's see, there's, uh, all dines, uh, Perry, get ball, bomberman, 94 bomberman, panic bomber, Cho Aniki. Uh, whew, boy, uh, there's the version, the Japanese versions of ghouls and ghosts is on there. I'm not going to try and pronounce it. Uh, dungeon explorer, fantasy zone, uh, Ginka Fuke, Danutsu Sapphire, uh, Gradius is on there or nemesis as it was called in Japan. Gradius two is there as well. Uh, then, uh, Jessica necromancer, Nectaris, which is basically military madness, uh, Newtopia, Newtopia two, uh, Ninja Gaiden, the version for Japan, uh, then bonks for, for Japan. Now, some of those might have the English versions that you could switch to in these. Let's be clear on that, but let's keep going. Uh, Salamander, which is technically part, that was like Life Force over in America. That was part in, in Japan. That was like Nemesis 3. You know, the Gradius is, was the American name for all that stuff uh, until that just became the bigger name. Um, Star Paradorier, uh, Super Darius, Super Mamotaro, Denetsu 2, Superstar Soldier, The Kung Fu, and Wise 1 and 2. Uh, and did I mention Snatcher? Snatcher is on that list, but it is absolutely, it is the Japanese version, and everybody has asked, would you do an English translation for it? And the answer apparently is no. Um, but this is a way to, quote-unquote, legally, fuck that shit, but you know what I mean, legally, uh, play Snatcher. There it is. Uh, and so, it's a good lineup of, I mean, I, I get, like I said, I already pre-ordered. I'm on it. It's a good lineup of games. Uh, there's some stuff there, like especially the the Bonk games and so on, that a lot of people, I think, uh, today may have never played, but they're there, and I think they're worthwhile, you know, really getting uh, getting your hands on. Um, again, I'm disappointed by what really seemed like, granted, we've got some time before it actually comes out, but what seems like a missed opportunity with the accessories because they're kind of making a big deal out of that. And if it's just going to be those turbo controllers and, and the four port thing from Hori, I mean, it's great to work with Hori. It's a great company, but I want more. I I don't know. I don't even know exactly what I want. I just know that I want more. I want it to be like that real excitement where, you know, you go into Toys R Us and I know, I know about Toys R Us, but you go into Toys R Us 
and like you can get you know Pokemon cases or Zelda cases for your you know your I don't know your Game Boy or whatever you know what I mean I want that sort of thing I want that kind of hype and granted I get it that in America that might not be financially feasible but it would have been nice so anyway we'll we'll see what happens with all that but yes March 20th you can pre-order yours now uh, it is happening they are coming and well, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to, you know, playing some of this action, uh, you know, as soon as it all becomes available. So let's move on from that. Uh, of course, you know, again, Snatcher, if you still really want to play that, you might want to look at the Mega SD that we were uh, we were just talking about. It'd be hilarious if the TurboGrafx-16 was some kind of wild success in the United States. Um, I mean, I don't know about how much further you could go with that, especially since you're already putting a lot of your, like, super graphics games on there, you know, the CD games. But whatever, we'll see. Anyway, you know, I was going to get into, there was an interesting Q&A about Google Stadia, you know, answering some questions on all that. I think that that, I mean, the Q&A that was, or the AMA, I should say, that was had, there's so much to draw from that, that's almost an episode unto itself. So I'm actually going to save that story uh, for another time, And I'm going to wrap this baby up. We're going to wrap up this episode of of the Gaming Grid. But a lot of exciting things going on. I think the Mega SD is a great release. Um, I'm really, you know, I think the updated Switch, yeah. I mean, it's it's a thing. Um, I, I know that I was holding off for a long time on buying a new Switch. Mainly because I was wanting like a more, I don't care about the 4K part. I was kind of looking for a Pro right? For them to come up with an updated version that maybe had better battery life, maybe had glass on it instead of the plastic and a lot of this other stuff. Um, but really the switch light I've come to realize is what I really wanted. Like that's, that's what I'm looking for is the switch light. And so now that that's there, I'm not looking for a switch pro, you know, personally. So anyway, the switch light coming out, the updated version of the switch with better battery life. I mean, great. If you're going to pay the premium for the other features that the Nintendo switch has, should you get better, better battery life than even the switch light, which basically that's what's, that's what that's going to offer. Of course, why not? Like go, go for it. Or at least comparable battery life. I think that that's a fine and dandy thing. Um, so, and that would also stop, I think, some of the arguments around, like, you know, Switch Lite people thinking that they're somehow, I don't know, elitists over people that have the older Switch or something like that. I, who knows? I mean, believe me, that those kind of schoolyard <laughs> arguments do end up happening. Um, but regardless, yeah, updated Switch, cool. Oh, I didn't even mention it. Luigi's Mansion 3, we now have a release date for that, which is going to be uh, Halloween, you know, October, end of October of 2019. Very excited for that. Uh, I am so on board for it because I picked up the re, uh, the remake uh, for the 3DS that came out just this year uh, for Luigi's Mansion. That was awesome. Uh, I am looking totally looking forward to Luigi's Mansion 3. So many other great games I'm sure to come out for. I mean, I didn't even mention the fact that, of course, I'm going to pick up Super Smash Brothers, you know, for the Switch Lite when it comes out. I mean, you just you have to get Smash Brothers for whatever fucking Nintendo system you get. I've been playing the 3DS version forever. Uh, I mean, I totally skipped the Wii U. That'd be the first time I ever skipped a Nintendo console. So I'm due. You know, with a Switch Lite, I'm due. I I, I have to get in on on the latest generation. Uh, I always do with Nintendo, so uh, that's pretty exciting. And, of course, again, there's a million games that I haven't even mentioned, you know, that I I can't wait to get forward and and to try out. Um, But, anyway, Switch Lite's exciting. Uh, Sega Genesis Mini, again, I think that that's become worthwhile. And, if anything, fuck, let's just let Sega know, yeah, we want the next bit of hardware. 
you know, and I'm sure in Japan it's going to do very, very well. And that might be enough because really, again, to get a Sega Saturn mini, I'm not so worried about the Dreamcast mini, but to get a Saturn mini, Japan is where it, they have to be seen as viable. So if you don't want to do the market buy with this or, you know, the market vote with this, I guess, uh, I can understand that, but I think it's worthwhile. I'm looking forward to it. And just, you know, to have a, like a great version of new version of Tetris, I'm on board with that. Granted, my Switch Lite's going to have Tetris 99, right? But still. Uh, so excited for that. The Mega SD. Uh, I, well, you know, I mean, if in between, let's call it. If in between, I, I don't think that, I think they'd run into so many problems with being able to do this. Okay, because the Saturn games you really want were ones made by Sega themselves, generally. Not always true, but generally. With the Sega CD... A lot of the really great games on there, yeah, it'd be great to play, you know, Sega or Sonic CD and all this. Those are awesome. Games that have been re-released multiple times on other platforms. Sonic CD's everywhere. You can fucking play it on your smartphone, for fuck's sake. Okay. Um, but would there be, like, a 32X or Sega CD Mini? I'm not opposed to that either, but... I would honestly, I would do that after the Sega Saturn Mini. The Sega Saturn Mini is the one that I think would shock people and would be like just a huge announcement, say at the E3 or something, or at a Sega conference, which they have those. Um, or, you know, at least they have like their Sega, I mean, it's their version of Nintendo Direct, but it's Sega. Uh, I think that would be an exciting prospect, but we'll see. Anyway, I think the Sega Genesis Mini is worthwhile even on its own merits. Uh, also, you know, then you have the TurboGrafx-16 Mini, which I am really, really excited for this. There's nothing about it, and I ex anticipated this, There's no, unless it came out with the English version of Snatcher, of that version of Snatcher, there's nothing about it that says, yeah, you know, this is going to beat out my C64 Mini, or this is going to beat out my Neo Geo Mini. Nah, <laughs> no, it's not, it's, it's not going to do that, because these games are good. But they're not that good, you know, but I do, I definitely want to play it. Like, I've been dying to play some Bonk again. I know I could pop it up on an emulator, but to have that plug and play is always a lot of fun. So, anyway, that's it. And there's some classic shmups on there and some Japanese games, frankly, that I would like to play and, you know, just plug in and, and do the business. Uh, but, anyway, that's it for this episode of The Gaming Grid. We'll wrap this one up. A lot of exciting stuff coming out. And I will see all of you whoo, on the other side. Game over.